0: Welcome to Sick of Situationship, the podcast. If you don't know me, my name is Ibby. I am a dating and relationship coach and mental health therapist. I help people break free from the cycles of toxic relationships and situationships, heal and move forward to finding and securing happy, healthy love. Today's episode is about red flags, what they are, why we ignore them, and how to spot them early on so you don't end up trapped inside of them. While many things can be considered red flags because, yes, they are indeed subjective, we're going to focus on the red flags that could lead to toxic and unhealthy relationships. So without any further ado... So what exactly are red flags? I like to say that they're warning signs, right? It's giving danger zone. It's giving, don't cross this line. If you get too far in, there might not be any coming back. It's a signal, you know, something to be mindful of. Red flags indicate that there might be a problem here. And if you step into red flag zone anyway, you must face the consequences. Now, sometimes red flags are difficult to spot out for several reasons, right? At times, we just don't want to see them because right now you're just focused on being with a person. You don't care what color flags they come with, or you tell yourself that you'll cross that bridge when you get there. YOLO. You know, you're thinking maybe it's actually a pink flag. I don't know. And at this point, I don't care. You just really want to be with the person at that point, right? Other times, however, we legitimately don't see the flags. It's not that we're ignoring them. It's just the flags are so greatly hidden in familiarity that we don't even realize that they are red flags. Why? Because your brain has created an adaptation to it. Psychological response, if you will, trauma response. Okay. Why? Because that's what you know. It feels familiar, and ironically, it feels safe because you've experienced it before and coped the best way that you knew how, so you tolerate it now because you've had to tolerate it before. You've had to create an adaptation and just deal with it in the past. As a child, you adapted to your caregiver's way of being because it's the only way you could stay safe. If you know your caregiver is going to scold you, berate you, make you feel unheard, and flip the script on you when you express an emotion, then you as a child probably adapted by no longer expressing your emotions or fearing the consequence of doing so. If you didn't adapt, you would risk them shutting you out or giving you the cold shoulder, guilt tripping you, various types of conflict, maybe even kicking you out of the house if it got that bad. You had to adapt to stay safe. And now your body is mistaking these behaviors in your current relationship as normal and safe. When in reality, it's doing more harm than good. You have to remind yourself that you don't have to feel this way anymore. Although it feels familiar, it doesn't have to continue to be familiar for you, right? You can break that narrative. You don't have to put up with BS due to the fear of perceived abandonment right? Your inner child fears the potential abandonment of a loved one that you worked so hard to prevent through childhood, right? You spend lots of your childhood walking on eggshells to make sure this person still shows you love and connection and, you know, doesn't give you the cold shoulder. And because you worked so hard to prevent that in childhood, now as an adult, you're working even harder to keep new people around in your life, often unhealthy relationships and situationships and keeping these people around because you spend spent so much of your life doing that and you have this fear of abandonment and you just want them to stay. So you're going to walk on eggshells and do what you can all in the spirit of familiarity and perceived safety. So yes, we can talk about how you can break free from these cycles, but the healing process varies for everyone. I work very closely with clients in my coaching program to provide support, guidance, and accountability through their personal healing journeys, because it really is tough to go at it alone, especially because these types of relationships and love in general can mimic an addiction. So the withdrawal process can be intense as your brain searches for ways to fill that space or to increase that dopamine again. So sometimes... Having an accountability partner to help you work through this is your best bet. And having individualized support as you work on breaking through that emotional reliance and trying to heal and create new stories for yourself can be quite beneficial, just having that support. So we're not going to really talk about too much of how you can heal through this today. We're going to talk more so about how you can spot out the red flags early on so you can avoid winding up in situations that are unhealthy for you in the first place. The first red flag we're gonna talk about is things being too intense too fast, okay? This can mirror love bombing or this could be a real big sign of love bombing. When a person meets you, you go on a couple of dates, you're getting to know each other a little bit and already they're very, very invested, they're making plans for your future, They're telling you all these wonderful, amazing things about yourself and really putting you on a pedestal and acting like you are the one for them. And it's very easy to get trapped by this type of behavior because it feels good, especially if you've been in a time of a drought where all you've wanted for the past few months or the past few years is for someone to really show you this type of attention and affection and really putting their all into you. You might mistaken that for, oh my gosh, this is the one. This is what I've always wanted. He's here, she's here, this is it. And in reality, love bombing is a manipulative, boom. And in reality, love bombing is a manipulative tactic. The person is showing you all these things in the beginning only to withdraw it slowly over time. The thing with love bombing is it starts really intense in the beginning, and then it disappears over time. So then you are constantly searching for ways to get back to that beginning stage. And I'm sure a lot of us have been there before where we mistaken love bombing for actual sparks and connection and longevity. In reality, it wasn't, right? Love bombing is an attempt to trap you as quickly as possible before showing you their true colors. Okay, so if a relationship seems like it's starting out a little bit too intense, too fast, instead of finding it flattering, because I'm sure, you know, it is, maybe take a step back and question, is there mutuality here? Am I showing them the same kind of attention that they're showing me? Is this kind of a give and take situation? Or is it them just really pouring into me and almost in a suffocating way? right? You really have to be real with yourself. Like, what do they know about me? Are they basing these intense feelings on what they think that they know about me? Or do I actually feel like they've genuinely gotten to know who I am? If you can't honestly say they've genuinely gotten to know who you are and they've invested time and consistency in getting to know you over an extended period of time, then perhaps you're being love-bonded. And that's a way to kind of Gauge that. Another red flag is if a person's stories are pretty surface level or they only share stories that make them seem like the victim. What I mean by that is perhaps they share a lot with you or they try to get a lot out of you, right? They question you a lot. They really try to get into your past and really try to understand you. And what they tell you about themselves, however, is pretty surface level. Or they just tell you things that make them seem like the victim, such as badmouthing their exes, trying to gloss over their role in the relationship's demise. So everything that went wrong in their life is someone else's fault. Every relationship they talk about, it's because the other person did something. Every time something went wrong in their life, it's because of any external factor that's not themselves. They will tell you any story that's going to make them seem like the victim to garner emotional support out of you and eventually emotional reliance but that's where love bombing comes in and all of that so if you're noticing that they are pulling a lot out of you but giving you surface level stories or stories that only make them look like the victim that itself is a red flag and you can really gauge all of this by just slowing down taking a pause when you're getting to know someone or they're getting to know you really gauge the mutuality and the reciprocity of the situation. If you feel like both people are sharing equally, if you feel like both people are giving equally, if you feel like they take a, take a step forward, then you take another one. They take another step and you take another one. It should be back and forth. It should not be one person taking a million steps and the other person is just standing, right? So if it feels, one, like it's getting too intense too fast, Take a breather, right? Or if you feel like they're giving you lots of surface level things, or they're trying to get lots of information out of you, or they're telling surface level stories or stories that make them look like the victim, take a pause, consider all of these things, really analyze. And I don't want you to be in a place where you are analyzing everything a person does and you're mistaking, you know, flaws, minor flaws for big red flags, but that's why it's good to get practice in this area. And to get somebody who can support you through this journey. Okay, another red flag is if they speak very highly of themselves or very lowly of themselves, right? Because you can have both there, and both of those can indicate insecurities, right? If a person's speaking very highly of themselves, making very grandiose statements, they can either be a narcissist, which we're gonna hope that's not the case. Or they're trying to overcompensate for the insecurities that they feel so strongly. They are trying to speak highly of themselves so you don't actually see their weaknesses. And in reverse, if a person's speaking very lowly of themselves, it could be very self-defeating, self-berating, like they're looking for compliments, they're fishing for compliments, they're seeking for you to validate them that can become very emotionally taxing over time, which is why these are two things to really watch out for. The last red flag we'll talk about today is if a person is trying to get you to tweak your boundaries, right? I'm not going to say, you know, they're stomping all over your boundaries because we're still talking about early on in a relationship. So this is really when you're, these red flags we're talking about is When you're on your first few dates with a person, when you're in the beginning stages of getting to know somebody, these are things you can look out for, right? So if they're already trying to get you to tweak your boundaries in such an early stage of the relationship, imagine how they're going to be stomping all over your boundaries in the future. This is why it's good to set boundaries early on. And if you listen to a very early episode, I share there how to set your standards and boundaries. Um, So it's really important to go ahead and already have those set before you get into dating somebody. If a person early on is already trying to get you to tweak your boundaries, like let's say your boundary is, you know, I don't have people over my house after 9 p.m. And they're like, well, I mean, what about me? You can't, you know, I'm not just anybody, right? Eh, wrong. Cancel, cancel. No, they're trying to see what you're going to be willing to Tweak for them. Okay. So that's why you have to be strong in your boundaries. You can't get into these people pleasing roles that we so often fall into because then you start to tweak the little boundaries. And later on down the line, you've given up all your boundaries for this person to come in and shatter your whole life. So you want to start off in the very beginning, sticking to your boundaries. And this is where that fear of abandonment piece comes in because. Let's take it back to childhood like I often do. If you try to set boundaries as a child or something was uncomfortable for you when you tried to express that and a parent took offense and they shut you out and they treated you like, oh, how dare you set a boundary with me? I'm your mother. Whatever it may be, you have a really hard time setting boundaries as you get older, as you're getting into adult romantic relationships because you fear that consequence that you experienced as a child. So you try to avoid setting boundaries, but that's where healing comes in and working with a therapist or a coach to really help you heal through that and release that people-pleasing quality that has probably landed you in situations that are not healthy for you. So setting boundaries early on and sticking to them, no matter how hard a person tries to tweak them, really shows you what type of person that they are if they're really trying to continue to tweak these boundaries of yours and get you to change them for whoever they are that's a red flag right there that's when you know you need to take a step back because they're not going to respect your boundaries in the future they're always going to be trying to get you to tweak them but if you set a boundary and a person respects it like oh okay i understand that i'll just i'll hang out with you tomorrow is that okay and they're gauging that, and they're trying to make sure you're comfortable and safe, then that person is more likely to respect your boundaries in the future. And I know it kind of feels scary because, you know, if you set a boundary, they may or may not leave your life. But at the end of the day, it's good riddance, right? If somebody was going to step over all your boundaries anyway, do you really actually want them in your life? You know, those are things to consider. Right? So let's recap. Red flag number one, too intense, too fast. Red flag number two, surface level stories or playing the victim game type of stories. Red flag number three, speaking very highly of themselves or very lowly of themselves. Red flag number four. Now I'm realizing I forgot to tell you guys red flag number four. (laughs) So let's do that one. Red flag number four is Inconsistency. Okay. So if they're being inconsistent and their inconsistencies come with excuses, then that is red flag behavior right there, right? Do they tell you that you're going to hang out and then they just fell asleep and you don't hear from them? Mm. If they say they're going to call at a certain time and they don't, and then there's a, an excuse as to why. If they say that you guys are going to, you know, plan something and hang out Friday night at seven and then 630 comes around and you still haven't heard from them, you have to be mindful of these inconsistencies because at first it sounds like, okay, I'll give them a pass because they were at work or they really did fall asleep. But the more passes you give, the more they're going to keep being inconsistent and showing you that they can actually show up for you. And then also realizing that, oh, you're going to let them get away with anything, so they're just going to keep doing anything. So if they are inconsistent, it could be that they are not available. They're not emotionally available for this relationship. They're not trustworthy, or they don't see you as a priority, or they're walking in their own insecurities, and they're not ready to show up healthily in a relationship, or they could just be messing around with bunches of other people and getting their timelines all mixed up, which is fine for them. But if they can't prioritize you now, what makes you think they'd be able to prioritize you in the future, right? So you really have to be mindful of inconsistencies. And one day they're all there, the next day they're not. One day you're texting all day, the next day they go ghost or the next week you don't hear from them or they're supposed to show up at this time and then they don't. You have to be mindful of the inconsistencies and behaviors. So that's red flag number four that I skipped earlier. And red flag number five is trying to get you to tweak your boundaries, okay? So these are red flags that you can spot out early on as you are getting to know people in the beginning stages. Because these quote unquote minor red flags or seemingly minor red flags could lead to some really big problems later on. And we just want you to avoid that altogether, right? You don't want to get yourself caught up because then it leads to a downward spiral of unhealthy relationships and being caught up and not knowing how to leave. So before we even get to that, let's just start with the basics of understanding the red flags and what we can do to make sure that we're not getting trapped in these types of situations. Always remember, you deserve the best. And thank you for listening. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast and you have decided that you would greatly benefit from the support, guidance, and accountability that coaching can provide you with, As you navigate these cycles and patterns in relationships and figure out how to break them, then head to the link in this information box of the episode and click on that link and it will take you to my link tree where you can click on work with me. It's the first tab, and just answer a few questions about yourself to gauge where you are in this process. And we can talk further about possibly working together and getting you where you desire in securing and finding happy, healthy love. So head over to that link, fill out the information, and I'll be in touch.